0: Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1211 of the Locked on the Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Tuesday evening into Wednesday. And today's podcast is brought to you by PrizePix. Check out PrizePix.com. Use the promo code NBA. Or go to the App Store down on the app right now today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. And thank you, as always, well for joining us on the podcast today and making us your first listen each and every day. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And we are part of Locked on Sports Atlanta. Today's show, we'll get into what became a 118-108 to 108 loss for the Hawks. In Toronto, a close-fought game throughout. It was nip and tuck. The Hawks led early. They led late. They had nice runs across the board. They had a chance to win six games in a row, but not quite enough at the end. And with this loss, the Hawks are now locked into play in officially, no surprise there, that was always going to be their projected destination for the last couple of weeks. But now, no chance mathematically to get out of the top, uh, sorry, into the top six at this point. And the Hawks did lead at times. They actually almost put off a pretty valiant comeback. They were down by 12 in the fourth quarter, down by 10 with seven and a half minutes to go, came all the way back to tie the game and briefly take a lead down the stretch, but then it was all Raptors from there. And uh, ultimately they lost by 10 points despite the game being much closer than that for the most part. So we're we'll get into all of what transpired in this game, but certainly a loss that is not the worst loss for the Hawks, but certainly a pivotal game as well as Raptors have, the, have had the Hawks number this year. They're now three and one against, against Atlanta this season. So uh, just one and three against Toronto, Kind of a, uh, I guess, a little, not, not not necessarily scary for the future, but if they were to meet the Raptors, it's it's been a problematic matchup at times for the Hawks this season. One bright spot before diving into the game itself is that Trey Young is actually the Eastern Conference Player of the Week for last week. The Hawks were, of course, four and 0 on the way to their five game winning streak, and Trey averaged thirty and eleven. First time since Dominique Wilkins, the Hawks' players won Player of the Week in the NBA in the Eastern Conference, I should say three times in a single season. And uh, basically it's Dominique and Trey uh, in their own tier in terms of Atlanta Hawks history. Obviously Bob Pettit before that, but uh, those two guys are certainly in their own tier right now in terms of superstardom as members of the Hawks and uh, fitting that he would tie Dominique, with something like that with a fantastic week at the office for Trey a week ago. Um, as for this game, the Hawks actually were facing a Raptors team that, that was red hot. They had won five in the last six, now six of the last seven for Toronto overall. And the Hawks, of course, have been pretty bad on the road this year, 15 and 24 now with this loss away from Stephon Marina, so uh, not exactly the greatest setup in the world for Atlanta. Um, Making the matchup a little bit easier was O.G. Ananobi missed this game for Toronto, one of their best three or four players. He's been out for a little while, but he was actually questionable coming in, missed this game. But the Hawks, of course, have injuries of their own. John Collins remains out for Atlanta. Gallinari missed this game. He was questionable with left knee inflammation, ended up not being able to go. And Mitchell was questionable, ended up playing. And he was really the only guy on the bench that played reasonably well. I guess him and DeLon Wright played okay. But uh, kind of a weird spot for Atlanta as a result of all of that stuff put into one mixture on the road, etc. The Hawks were four point underdogs, according to Ben Online. Uh, and Ben Online is, of course, the sponsor of this podcast, but also a good indication that the Hawks were not quote unquote supposed to win this one. They were certainly capable of winning this one, but it's not a game that was like an embarrassing loss anything like that, which is important context to weed through. So as for the game itself, the Hawks did play well at the outset, scoring people uh Three possessions in a row to begin the game. It's quite a ball move to start. The Hawks had seven assists in about five minutes to open this game. They were actually losing, though, because defensively there were some issues. They had five fouls in about the first five and a half minutes of this one. They threw a lot at Van Vliet defensively. Fred Van Vliet was really bad in this game. So the very, very end, he made one big shot. And, of course, it was at the end of the game. It was probably the biggest shot of the game, to be honest with you. But, um, alas, the Hawks were down five early, but then erased that with an 11-0 run on six possessions. They were really kind of cooking at that point, and Toronto could not buy a three early on. Trey had nine points in the first nine minutes, had five assists. He was really playing quite well at the outset. Uh, rotationally in this game, the Hawks used 10 guys. Uh, not a huge surprise, but uh, Jalen Johnson returned to the rotation for the first time that he uh, suffered a concussion, and uh, only played in the first half, though. That's notable. Nate did trim it down to nine in this game after halftime, but Jalen did play in the first half. It was McDonough, it was Wright, Kong Wu, Jalen, and then Lou Williams as a backup point guard, who did not play pretty well either. They had a tough possession late in the first quarter that was a little bit scary because Trey Young went down awkwardly, kind of did a split. And uh, given his groin issue that's been bothering him recently, that was kind of a scary moment. He ended up being fine. But. Even after that, it was a live ball turnover, and then Hunter committed a foul that was his second foul in the first quarter and also a clear path foul. So pretty much a disaster possession in some respects on the stretch of the first quarter. But then it was a preposterous one-legged three by Bogdanovich at the end of the uh, first quarter to give the uh, Hawks a quick bucket late, and they were up by four at the end of the first period. Um, 11 assists and one turnover in the first quarter, which is, of course, excellent, but no free-throw attempts, kind of a weirdly low free-throw attempt game for the Hawks to kind of uh, offset some of their other gains elsewhere. And the Raptors couldn't make a shot in the perimeter, which gave the Hawks the edge at the outset. In the second quarter, though, it was not quite as friendly. In fact, that was their worst quarter of the night statistically. And a lot of that was that they used this full bench unit. So if you're a newest of the podcast, you may not know this, but I am not a big fan of the Hawks using a full bench group. On the one hand, you could argue that with Bogdanovich on the bench, it's not really a quote unquote full bench unit because he's actually a starting caliber player, obviously. That's worth pointing out, and it's not a unreasonable point by any means, but there's no rule that the Hawks have to do this and they keep doing it anyway. And uh, sometimes it has bad results, obviously it's worth pointing out uh, in my uh, sort of arguing against myself that against Brooklyn, the Hawks played very well with the bench. So it wasn't like this is always going to be the case, but they were very, very bad with Trey and Capella off the floor in this game. And that started out with a 14 to six run by the Raptors in the second quarter. It was nice tipped up by Delon Wright, but no other positives really from that stretch. And On the glass, it was a disaster. If there was one thing to remember from this game and kind of take away from this contest overall, besides maybe the bench overall, was the fact that they could not rebound the ball with Capella off the floor. Uh, Defensively, they just could not get it, and really the Raptors didn't shoot well at all in this game, and they still were able to overcome that and score efficiently because they just kept getting every rebound on the offensive glass. Uh, Hunter was the first starter to come back from Jalen Johnson. I don't think Jalen played very well. We'll talk about that later on. But uh, he was the first guy to come out and also did not come back in. Uh, Probably his toughest matchup, to be fair. That's sort of garnered rotation time. He's been playing in some bad teams, and this is one where the Raptors are a little bit more set up to uh, play him differently than other teams are. But Toronto went up seven points before Trey and Capella came back in. They were minus 11 in that first stretch without Trey and Clint. That's very, very bad, of course. It is worth noting that Toronto is number two in the NBA offensive rebound rate. So that it was sort of a given that they were going to be able to do that. So that's sort of a game plan fail in my in my mind. You could certainly say that the Hawks have the greatest personnel on the glass. I would say that all the time. I have been saying that for quite a while now. But still, um, it was definitely a flaw that they were not able to cover up in this one. But uh, here's a crazy stat for you. The Raptors at one point were 0 of 11 from 3 and leading by 7 points before halftime which is tough to do in the NBA. Uh, the Hawks did have a nice run late in the second quarter, actually an extra 8-0 run to go take the lead briefly. Uh, Herder was very good in this one, including a hot start. He had 12 points in about the first 15 minutes that he played. In this one, he had five points in a row. Um, Toronto got back within, uh, actually made a three late, finally. The first, the first three of the night, it was actually a fad young step back, which is funny because they were uh, very cold. It was probably one of their worst shots of the night, but he made it. And the Hawks were down by four at halftime. Some good stuff on offense, honestly, in the first half. They had 16 assists and two-term They shot well from two, but they were pretty bad from three, 7 of 22, and uh, two free-throw attempts in the half. That is very, very low for the Hawks. Might have been a season low. I, I forgot to check that. But alas, it was very, very uh, paltry in terms of getting the lining and uh, generating that kind of uh, boosted efficiency. Defensively, it was not very good overall. They were pretty good with Clem on the floor, pretty bad with him off the floor. And uh, this was a theme all night, but the Raptors had 15-second chance points before halftime. And only nine assists and one of 13 from three, but the Hawks were losing even with all that going in their favor. Before we dive into the second half of this one, it was certainly a back-and-forth kind of half. Um, you know, In fact, the Hawks lost the second half, but not in lopsided fashion, but you know, the damage was kind of done in some respects. Before we get into all of that, though, it were from our sponsors on the podcast today, and the first of which is Picks. NBA fans, if you're looking for a new daily fantasy option, you can check out the award-winning app at Prize PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know that you will, too. It's so easy to use. All you do is pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, win up to ten times on any entry, just you get the projected numbers, and an entire entry can be made in just a minute or less. It's very easy and very brisk in terms of how much time you have to spend on Prize Picks. Prize Picks is also safe, and they offer fast withdrawals. They have props that almost anything you can think of, including points, rebounds, assists, even steals on the basketball side. They also have mixed sports entries if you're into MMA or soccer or even baseball. press that stuff together. Use those skills to your benefit. And for a limited time, PrizePix is an exclusive offer for all of our users and all our listeners, and that's an absolute no-brainer as a result. $50 for free if a player in your first prospect's entry scores even a single point if you use the promo code NBA. That's right. It's an exclusive offer for locked-on fans and listeners. Sign up today. Use the promo code NBA. $50 for free if a player in your first entry scores even a single point. Check it all out at PrizePix. Today's show is also sponsored by folks at Bet Online, and Bet Online is fantastic. And the Masters is coming this week. I know in the Southeast, it's a huge deal with a ton of national interests and even international interest as well. I love the Masters as someone who grew up in Georgia. It's definitely a big deal here It has been my entire life. And with that in mind, betonline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and your sports information this season and this year and really for a long time now. And for latest odds, contests, futures, player props, exotics, and much more, BetOnline Online remains the best spot for all the latest development in sports, including podcasts and reviews for all of the leagues this season. course it's not just golf or basketball either they have all kinds of stuff on your sports wagering information and every they could possibly have including live betting and your favorite casino games and but online has odds other sports like baseball tennis auto racing horse racing hockey mma boxing soccer cricket entertainment bets and much more it's also a great time to look at the futures market because baseball's getting started this week and in the nba the playoffs are approaching so look ahead to the future stuff and the big picture long shots that are uh beckoning at this time of the calendar and the website right now, betonline.net, or on your computer, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action across the sports world, betonline, where the game starts. All right, we'll dive in now to the second half of this game, in the third quarter in particular. Both teams were really good on offense, early in the third with the starters. The Hawks had 18 points in the first five minutes of the third quarter, there was an obscene pass by Trey Young to TLC for a layup early in the second half. Hunter had a good drive where he sort of used his size to shield off the defender and finish aggressively at the rim. That was a good play from him. Hunter was making shots. Um, Siakam on the other end of the floor was uh, tearing up anybody in front of him, whether it was TLC, whether it was Hunter, um, you know, Jalen Johnson at one point. Uh, nobody could guard Siakam, Siakam in this game, and that was certainly a problem at times for the Hawks defensively. Um, it wasn't like a huge spurt or anything. But the Raptors got sort of uh, chipped away put, put, and went up by six and then we th- through the quarter. Hunter another three, though. He had actually 18 points on his first 11 shots. He was very, very hot. And then Hunter got his fourth foul with three minutes to go in the third quarter. They had just taken TLC out. He had to come back in with with, with his own four fouls. There were all kinds of foul issues on the on the forward spot from the Hawks. In this game, um, Toronto then scored six points in a row to go up by nine. And had, that was a large lead of the night at that point. In fact, it could have been worse. The Alcum missed two free throws. that could have made it 11. And Toronto was really bad at the line in this game. Um, you know, <laughs> Again, it's kind of crazy when you look at the numbers, we'll come back to this, but the Raptors, even with a flourish late, shot 68% from the free throw line in this game and 9 of 35 from three and still won, which is just hard to do against a good offensive team in the Hawks. Um, the Hawks, in fact, in their first 34 minutes of this game, the Hawks had four free throw attempts and Trey Young had zero. That is a bizarrely low total for everyone across the board. They had more late, but still uh, you know, well below the normal average. And then even the one that Trey got fouled on was actually uh, on the floor, just having to be in the bonus. So, um, you know, not a whole lot going on there. Um, Trey then scored late to cut the lead down to six for the Raptors. Trey played the entire third quarter, which was certainly something to keep an eye on because he had to sit for some point. Uh, but he had 20 points, 13 assists, three, three quarters. The offense was actually quite good in the third quarter. Um, the Hawks were 31 points. They had nine assists in the third, 57% from the floor. They were cooking on offense, but they just could not get any stops. Um, Toronto had no turnovers in the third quarter and five offensive rebounds in that period. And then in the fourth quarter, the Hawks got the doors blown off of them early again with Trey on the bench. That's very familiar. It was not just Trey, it was Capella as well, but a 10-4 to 4 run by the Raptors. Chris Boucher, who was not great in this one, but actually hit back-to-back threes for Toronto to give them uh, some, some more cushion. They brought Capella back in a lot earlier than usual. I thought a Kong Wu was pretty bad. this game in addition to capella being good um that was a huge gap in this one and they brought trey back earlier than usual as well he sat for about three and a half minutes which is not as much as he usually would sit in that spot i think nate knew that they had to get him back in the game quickly but they were minus 15 yes minus 15 with trey on the bench in this game they were plus five when he played by 15 when he was off in 10 minutes and uh, that's how you lose a game in the nba um and they were down by 10 when he came back in um, Herter, should hit a couple of threes. Capella, Capella had a great read at the rim defensively to block a shot and force a shot clock violation. Um, and really, aside from a missed bunny by Capella right after that, which actually was answered by Fad Young there on the floor, um, a lot went well in that stretch. It was actually an 11-0 run by the Hawks to go from down 10 when Trey came back in to up by one. Trey scored six points in a row. He did miss a free throw with about three minutes to go. That ended up uh, being at least uh, notable and somewhat important, even though the final score was more uh, more than you would expect for a close-fought game. But Nate then called back-to-back back timeouts with about three minutes to go. You kind of rarely see that. It was a double use it or lose it, if you are not familiar with that. Um, timeouts just kind of go away in the NBA if you don't use them at a certain point. And that, that's what happened in this game. Uh, and I think because Trey and Capella had to come back in earlier than usual, Nate was trying to give those guys some, some extra rest. People were kind of mad about that so that they sort of cost themselves momentum. I'm skeptical of that. I don't think that was really the problem. And I think it made a lot of sense to use those because they had them to use with no penalty whatsoever. But you could argue that all day long. And I, I totally get that on both sides. But the Raptors couldn't score. I mean, it was kind of remarkable given how good they were on offense the entire game, efficiency-wise. Um, they didn't score for more than five full minutes. They missed nine straight shots. Van Vliet just could not buy one for Toronto. They finally stopped that at the line with a chew-up. And not to go down the rabbit hole too much here, but precious a chew offensively is just so, so bad. It's uh, kind of a maddening. Um, and this is actually something we talked about a little bit back in the uh, rising stars debate when the Congo didn't make it. Uh, see, uh, sorry. Chu is a really good defensive player. He flies around. He's very versatile, but uh, he, I believe has a 50% true shooting for the season. He basically plays center, which is, uh, that tells you that's really, really bad. He was four 11 in this game. Just took a bunch of shots that were bad. Anyway, uh, the Hawks finally give up a point there, but they didn't have a field goal for like six minutes, just kind of a crazy run. Um, the Hawks went empty a couple. Uh, Bogdanovich was actually pretty good in this game, but missed a couple jump shots that he probably went back late in this one. Uh, Achua then missed another three that was so badly missed that actually went right to Scotty Barnes on an air ball for a layup. Pretty unlikely for the Hawks in that spot. Um, back and forth, back and forth. And, uh, and then uh, after Bogdanovich Buk- missed a pretty good look after offensive rebound by, by Capella, it was actually a great rebound by Capella. People were upset about Clint not taking much, just taking the layup. Uh, I don't mind it when McDonavich is open for three, and he was, and that's a great shooter that makes that shot a lot of the time, so I had no issue with that whatsoever. Uh, I guess you would certainly take the free two points, but I, I don't really mind Bogey from three ever when he's open. Uh, he just missed it, and then Van Vliet again. He was so bad. He was three of 20 in this game. He's pretty uh, – I think he's hurt as well, but three of 20 from the floor and one of 11 from three, and, of course, he makes the one shot that he makes the entire night basically um, at the end to give the Raptors a five-point lead. That was a big shot of the game. Overall, it wasn't over. But after the timeout, Trey took a, a quick three. um Not my favorite shot from Trey. You know he has license to do that, and obviously he makes that shot more often than people, a lot of people would. But I didn't love that possession. Um, the Hawks did try to press up from there. It didn't foul, but um, Siakam score, and we're not going down the rabbit hole too much. They never really got back into the game. They were down by five to seven or more the entire rest of the way. And then once Trey turned it over, down six or seven, uh, it was kind of over at that point in time. So they had basically two chances. There was the Flanfleet shot. That went in after Bogey missed one. Um, That was a big swing in the game, obviously. And then when Trey missed that quick three, they were pretty much digging uphill at that stage. And then uh, we're not able to overcome all of what transpired in the last 30 seconds or so. Okay, with all that said, there are some observations that I want to pass along about this contest. Offensively, it wasn't horrific from the Hawks by any stretch. They were not great offensively in this game. They had about a 112 offensive rating. That's actually above the league average, but it's below the Hawks average, which is worth noting. Toronto's a pretty good defensive team, but the Hawks just did not have their usual uh, supporting stuff. So when the Stars were out there, obviously the Hawks did very well on offense and defense, really, but um, certainly on offense with Trey on the floor. Um, And they shot them all pretty well from the floor, Um, 46% from the floor, 38% from three. Uh, That's not like incredible numbers from the Hawks, but certainly uh, good enough. But the free throw line did not help them at all in this game. 12 attempts is well below their average and only eight of 12 at the line. That's also below their average. Um, they were th- they have 31 assists and seven turnovers, which is a heck of a ratio. The Hawks continue to have a massive assist turnover split this year. They are number one in the league in turnovers still, and uh, they're certainly creeping up an assist um, obviously almost uh almost five to one, you know, four and a half to one ratio is pretty crazy good, but it was the supporting stuff, it just did not happen for the Hawks. Free throw attempts in this spot were uh, notable. And w- because of all of that stuff, and we'll touch on the rebounds in a second, the Hawks ended up taking seven less shots than the Raptors did from the from the field and 19 fewer free throws. That is a very bad ratio. Obviously just do the simple math on this one. Take a step back from all the advanced stuff that I sometimes talk about. If you take seven fewer shots than your opponent and 19 fewer free throws than your opponent, you're going to lose more often than not. That's just kind of the math of it. You have to shoot the ball so incredibly well to overcome that. And the Hawks just didn't have quite that juice on offense in this one. Defensively, it was very rough overall. I think it was pretty much fine to good when Clint Capella was on there. And then when he wasn't, they got killed essentially. Uh, but overall, a 120 defensive rating, uh, that, that speaks for itself. That's very bad. Um, the Raptors only had 51% true shooting in the game. They did not shoot the ball well. Um, even at the line, they weren't good, um, 68% from the free throw line. But because of the supporting stuff and the offensive rebounds in particular, that kind of sunk them. The Raptors rebounded almost 40% of their own misses. They had 20 offensive rebounds on 57 missed shots. That is extremely bad. Um, and it wasn't just – like it was kind of everybody. It was Scotty Barnes at six. They had Young at had five. Chris, they, had three. Uh, they just kind of had offensive rebounds over and over and over again. And that really, really killed the Hawks. If you're trying to find one thing that was the problem in this game for Atlanta, it was the defensive glass. Um, very, very certainly. Uh, 24 second chance points is an elite figure from the Raptors. That'd be a number one in the league kind of number. And uh, 20 points in the paint advantage for the Raptors, 62 to 42. Uh, Turnover-wise, also only eight from the Raptors in this game. And at the end of the day, Toronto wins this game despite shooting 26% from three. from the free throw line and only having 20 assists. That's not good offense for the most part, but when when you get every rebound that uh, ends up swinging the math in your favor, and I think if you watch this game live, even without the stat sheet, you would have felt that coming for the Hawks. They just could not close possessions, especially when when Clint was off the floor and uh, ended up biting them in this game. We'll have much more on this contest with some player evaluations and observations in a moment, as well as a look at the standings and a look ahead to a back-to-back for the Hawks on Wednesday. Before we get to all of that, though, we're from our sponsors on the podcast. The auto world So Sony makes the models these days, it's basically impossible for your local chain store to stock all the car or truck parts that you could possibly need or want. And even if they had them, do you actually want to endure the whole question from the person behind the counter? They just want to sell you the brand they actually happen to carry in the warehouse, something that's actually easier for them. Instead of doing all of that, you have access to rockauto.com at home or in your pocket. And that is a much, much better option. Why spend more for the same parts from a chain store or a dealership when you actually order that rockauto.com for much, much cheaper? And rockauto.com is a family business. serving customers more than 20 years, they have reliably low prices for each and every customer. And rockauto.com is a total package. They have absolutely everything you possibly need for your car or your truck. That includes brake parts and tail lamps, motor oil, even carpet for your vehicle check out the website right now at rockauto.com today see all the parts available for your car or your truck when you actually get there right locked on in the box that asks you how you heard about rockauto.com because that actually helps us and they know that we sent you to them amazing selection reliable low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com all right we'll dive into the player evaluations now for atlanta and you know a lot of mixed bag stuff uh, overall we'll start with the negative and that was most of the bench um DeLon Wright, I thought was fine in a DeLon Wright way. Three points, three assists, four rebounds. Did have one badly missed three-pointer, but got got to the free-throw line at least for uh, two two attempts. Did have four rebounds, including I think he was probably the third-best rebounder for the the Hawks in this game um, on a per-possession basis. He wasn't fantastic. Uh, This is probably a a below-average DeLon Wright game, but he was also one of the better guys on the bench in this one. Jalen Johnson, six minutes, no rebounds, no assists, um, no points, Oh two 2 from the floor. 0 of one from three, uh, just kind of a non-factor. It wasn't like he was just actively terrible, just didn't really give him anything in this game. On paper, it's a decent matchup for him because he needed, I sort of use his um, his burst athletically, but um, a, tough, a tough one because Toronto was just pretty good. And also, Jalen just was a little bit passive when he was out there. I don't think he was terrible, but he certainly did not give them what he gave them in previous matchups. It was, of course, his first game back after the concussion. How about a Kongwu? Really struggled. Um, no points in 16 minutes. 0-2 from the floor, two rebounds. Didn't have a steal on a block. It was at least active defensively at times, but rebounding wise, uh, it's not all on him. I want to stress that it's not all on him, but he's a he's a negative on the glass as a center. And I think just offensively, he wasn't didn't really do much of anything. I love Akongwu. I think he's, the future is very bright. That's why I tweeted on uh, on Twitter was just like, look, he'll have he'll have good nights in the future. This is not one of them. He played very poorly. I thought in this game and that definitely hurt them. Lou Williams also was pretty bad. Uh, two points on four shots in 11 minutes. They have two assists, but defensively was a big minus. Uh, and when he and the Congo were on the floor, they were minus 15. There you go. Uh, you know, people are asking me this. I've talked about it a little bit at times. I personally don't believe that Lou should be in rotation. It doesn't enrage me when he plays the way that it does for some. I think I do understand it on some level. But if it was me right now in kind of crunch time of the season, especially in this game in Toronto or or later in the week against Miami when you're playing a, playing a really good team, I would be playing DeLon Wright as that the point card. I think that Lou has had some moments this year, but for the most part has not been good. And I think uh, not playing him is the right decision. Again, I don't. I think it's defensible to try to play him at times when Lou when Trey's off the floor. Those guys should never play together, almost ever for me. But I, for me, I would I would probably cut it down to eight or nine guys now and just play Delon without without Trey and then just put Bogey and or herter with with right at all times. That's what I would do. Alas. Uh, lastly, on the bench, Bogdanovich played pretty well. 19 points, nine rebounds. Uh, he was number two on the, on the team in rebounds by a lot. Um, three assisted. Miss, missed a couple of jump shots late, but um, was 5 12 from three. I like when Bogey's heaving threes. That's a good idea generally for him. And he ended up being reasonably efficient on those. Overall, he was the only guy on the bench that really did much of anything. And like I said before, um, you know, calling him a bench player is kind of not fair because he's really a starter, obviously, and the Hawks know that. He played starter minutes in this game, et cetera, but they like him in that role, and he sort of anchors that group. I still think that it's not a good idea to play those guys together, and uh, they did it. To be fair, in the second half, they didn't really do that all the way, at least. So there was a, of, a small change in the rotational pattern. Um, to the starters, um, TLC was sort of the bridge guy. He had seven points, two rebounds, and two assists. He did not do well against Siakam at times, which is not a huge surprise. I thought he played reasonably well other than that. Obviously, uh, he's their worst starter. No no, uh, secrets there. And they used Bogey as the closing guy, which is the right thing to do. But I thought TLC was generally fine. Um, you know, Hunter didn't have much success against Siakam either. Um, and really, it's kind of the same thing as Durant. Like, what are you going to do? As we talked about Glenn Willis. By the way, if you missed the podcast on Sunday, talked about for about an hour with Glenn Willis. That was a fun conversation about the Nets game and uh, some some other uh, sort of analysis kind of points about the Hawks. But we'll leave that there for now. Elsewhere, uh, Herder was really good. I thought twenty one points on thirteen shot attempts at five threes. He was aggressive. He had four. He had four assists. Had a steal, had a block. I thought he uh, was one of the general positives. Was playing good defense in this game as well. I thought he was kind of flying around. Uh, he didn't. Re- he did not rebound. He doesn't really rebound for the most part, uh, which you- we can sort of get, away-, get away-, away with it too. It is worth pointing out as a small factor in rebounding issues that you know Trey and Herter as a backup as a back-up pairing is not really give you much on the glass. But I thought Herter was quite good overall in this game. So if you're trying to like sort of rank the guys who played well, I think it was uh, Trey number one followed by Capella, and I think I'd probably go to Herter, number three, and then uh, maybe Hunter had some moments as well. But uh, those three guys, I think uh, Trey, Herter, and Capella were the best three players in this game. Speaking of Hunter, 20 points, uh, six rebounds. That probably overstates how well he played. I don't think he was quite as good as those numbers indicate, but he was okay. He had eight, um, he was 8 of 15 on twos, 0 of, of 2 on threes. They're not too efficient, but was okay-ish. Um, did have some nice moments attacking the rim. Defensively, he, he did the best shot on Siakam, but it was kind of a low bar to clear in this spot. I thought he was pretty okay. Just wasn't fantastic. I think 20 points overstates it a little bit in 37 minutes. And then uh, Trey Young, obviously was fantastic. 26 points, 15 assists, three turnovers. Uh, you love that ratio from him. Uh, he was five, sorry, seven of 15 on twos, which is totally fine for him. Three of eight on threes. Um, had the one throw late, but I thought Trey was good. Uh, and Capella, I kind of made fun of it a little bit. There was a couple of people tweeting about some frustration with Capella. Like, I, I don't know what you're watching. I think, Clint was fantastic in this game. Did 10 points, 14 rebounds, two steals. Um, did miss the one kind of hilariously bad bunny early in the fourth quarter. But aside from that, he was five, eight from the floor. I was like, that was a bad ratio. Like I think he played extremely well. And again, every starter of the TLC was plus three or better uh, in a 10 point loss. So that kind of tells you, it's not always that cut and dry in the plus minus, but it really kind of was in this game. If you watch the game uh, back and forth. So it happens sometimes. And that was, uh, that's kind of all I have on this, on this particular contest. In the end, a loss that is—I um, don't want to say acceptable, but certainly not one that you will like—you know—go to your grave lamenting. Like you have some of these Hawks losses this season, and uh, they had a chance to win it for sure. But in my mind, it would have it been a game that they kind of had to steal and like didn't play all that well. Obviously, guys played individually pretty well, but the overall output—if the Raptors ju- just shoot the ball like even semi-decently—the Hawks probably lose this game by 15. Um, so there you go. We'll leave it there for now. As for the standings. Uh, Brooklyn beat Houston in uh, the way that you would expect. Uh, Charlotte got killed in Miami, which is notable. And then Cleveland though, did the Hawks a favor and lost to the tanking Orlando match. It was a road game, but still that's a bad loss for the Cavs who have been free falling for a while now. And uh, Cleveland had a good start of the season, but they've been not playing like a playoff team for a while. Um, with all that said, the Hawks are in a tie with the Nets for the 8th seed, but if they play um, if they at the end of today, they'd be, they will be the ninth seed because they lost tiebreaker to the Nets this season. So, um, I believe, anyway, I wish that's changed in the last couple of uh, moments. Yeah, they're, they're one and two against the Nets, so that, that's not changing. Um, so if, if the Hawks and, and Nets are in a two way tie. The Hawks lose that two way tie, so that keep that in mind. But they're a game and a half back, of uh, Cleveland for the seven for the seven seed. That's definitely still in play. If the Hawks were to go three and one, which means three and zero oh down down the stretch, they would have a chance in my mind, with the way that Cleveland is playing to get to seven. But they need to start rooting against the Nets even more so because the Nets will be favored in every game uh, that they play the rest of the way. And the Hawks have the one game in Miami in which they will not be favored uh, on Friday. Um, and also only a half game ahead of Charlotte because the, Horn- the Hornets did lose this game, which is uh, helpful for the Hawks. But uh, honestly, even with three games to go, the Hawks could the Hawks could finish seventh or tenth or ninth, or eighth, or ninth. They have the entire, spe- uh, the entire uh, spectrum in front of them still with only uh, four or five days to go in the season. From here, a quick turnaround for the Hawks, a back-to-back at home against Washington on Wednesday. Number one, the Wizards have nothing to play for. They have been eliminated. They have nothing to play for, but they went into Minnesota tonight and beat the Wolves by 18 points. So the Wizards are weird. The Hawks will be favored. The Hawks should be favored. The Hawks should win if they play well. But the Wizards have been still trying to some extent, even with them to play it for. So it's not, it's, not like a it's not like a walk-over game for Atlanta at home. Again, the Wizards are also on the back-to-back, so a level playing field, and the Hawks have a court advantage. But um, obviously dealing with the customs in Toronto and all that stuff, so uh, not a given by any means. And uh, we'll see how the Hawks fare in that spot. But by the way, it's a late tip-off. It's an 8 o'clock game. Keep that in mind. That's a weird start time because of the, because of the back-to-back. I think uh, some of that has to do with that back-to-back travel. But an 8 o'clock start, even on a Wednesday, for the Hawks. Um, that's one they have to get, let's just say. If the Hawks want to have any chance to finish uh, seven, 7 or 8, uh, they can't afford to lose to Washington. So that, that gives them some pressure, to be sure, on Tuesday. Sorry, on Wednesday. And uh, the Nets, by the way, play the Knicks. Uh, that's on the road, but you know, on the road means actually just across town. So that's a game the Nets will be favored in. And uh, the smart money right now, if you were to look at the projection systems and the uh, betting odds, I believe with this loss, yeah, the Hawks are now projected to be still in a tie with the Nets by 538. But the the Hawks have been pretty high in 538's playoff odds the entire way. Most systems are still having the Nets ahead of the Hawks. And by the way, again, if the Hawks and Nets tie, the Hawks lose that two-way tiebreaker. So the Hawks need to beat the Nets if it's a two-way tiebreaker. And uh, given the Nets schedule, that's an uphill battle, especially because the Hawks have to go to Miami on Friday. So all that said, um, I think if I had to guess right now today, I almost want to say the Hawks have a better chance to finish finish ahead of the Cavs than the Nets, which sounds crazy because the Cavs are a game and a half ahead of the Hawks. But here's the Cavs' remaining schedule. They have to go to Brooklyn on Friday, and then they end with Milwaukee on Sunday. They have two games left. So if the Cavs were to lose those two games, which I think right now you have to guess that they probably will, that gives them 43 43 and 39. That means if the Hawks were to win out, they finished ahead of the Cavs or if the Hawks were to go 2-1, they would tie the Cavs. So uh, a lot still in play for for the Hawks. Again, I'm sort of rambling now, but uh, the entire gamut is available, and they have to finish strong. One more time as a reminder, Wednesday against Washington at home, Friday against Miami on the road, and then Sunday against the plucky Houston Rockets uh, in an afternoon game, by the way. That's now set. That was announced by the NBA this this week. It's going to be a 3.30 tip-off Eastern time. On Sunday, so two thirty Central when they play the Rockets, and that's a game the Hawks will probably need to win. So we'll keep an eye on that in the near future. I'm done rambling for this podcast. Uh, I had a very very long day, uh, so my apologies for any rambling that happened on this pod. I had to drive back from New Orleans, where I had a lot of fun covering the Final Four, some great games, some great experiences there, but uh, drove through uh, some storms and that uh, like ten hour drive and trade into the game. So I am shot. And I appreciate your flexibility and patience with me. As a result, but please, please, please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Google Podcasts, and also on YouTube. We are trying to get to a thousand subscribers in a near in the near future on YouTube. Um, even if you're not going to plan to watch a ton of YouTube podcasts, it really helps us to subscribe. So uh, I I know that's not for everybody, but if you're even if you're an iPhone person or an Android person, you want to listen to the show while you're walking or whatever. One click on the subscribe button on YouTube channel will definitely help us as well as your audio stuff. If you want to support the show. Also, hopefully, pops for ratings and reviews and all that fun stuff. Follow me on Twitter at BT and Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Hawks. We'll be back again after the game on Wednesday with another episode, and we'll see you next time.